It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 26, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, find me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Detroit Pistons, what went wrong, what might still be going right and what still has to happen is the Magic continue to adjust to their new reality without Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon in the lineup. There are some updates on those injuries as well. I apologize if I sound a little bit differently today. I had to move where I usually record to a different room. It's a much more spacious room, so I don't know if the echo uh, will pick up on the mic or, or make it sound a little weirder. I apologize for that. I'm just the reality of the things. There's some flooding in the room that I typically uh, record my podcast in, and so there's a big dehumidifier currently uh, dehumidifying the room, and, and, and I figure a little echo is a little bit better than that constant humming. But in case my sound quality is not good, you can check out the sound quality on other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by checking them out wherever you download podcasts or searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you could only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Detroit Pistons side of things from today's game? Check out Locked On Pistons. Want to get ready for the Cleveland Cavaliers after their buzzer-beating loss to the Brooklyn Nets, check out Locked On Cavaliers. There's a Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, and whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB, college, or NHL 2. There's a podcast for you and your favorite team, your second favorite team, the team you love to hate, or the team you're just kind of curious about. Plus, we have great national podcasts as well and Locked On NBA, Locked On Face Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, and plenty more. You can find these podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. To say the least, the Orlando Magic were at least moderately encouraged, I would say, by their loss to the Indiana Pacers. Um, sure, their defense wasn't where that wanted to be, and uh, you know, certainly losing a player like Nikola Vucevic, who, despite some criticism about his defense, and some of it is warranted, really just knows the scheme really well. And I do think the team just generally plays defense better with him in there because he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. I mean, he has his weaknesses, and, and there are ways to attack those weaknesses, but he just generally doesn't make mistakes. The defense really struggled in that game against the Pacers, and, and some of it was foul trouble, and some of it was just a lack of attention to detail, which would, again, rear its ugly head in this loss to the Detroit Pistons. But generally, it felt like the Magic had their offense moving. It didn't feel like they missed too much of a beat. And in the first half against the Detroit Pistons, it felt that way again. The ball moved from side to side. It went inside out. Uh, the Magic were able to get the shots that they wanted. They were able to make the shots that they wanted. And everything seemed to be clicking. There were warning signs, you know, some some odd bad turnovers. And the Pistons were able to kind of continually get themselves back into the game 
with three-point shots, and, and the Magic went through a long drought at the end of the second quarter, too. But Orlando always kept Detroit at bay, and, and you know maybe they should have been leading by a little bit more, and, and maybe their play warranted that to, in some respects. But Orlando had given themselves another chance to win the game at, at halftime on the road with everything they're going through. Inevitably, that fall was coming. I mean, we saw it in the second quarter against Indiana how the team struggled to score, and they're just may, it, it may just be that Orlando has one bad offensive quarter every game while the Magic are missing these key players. They just don't have the weapons to sustain their offense for long or for 48 minutes. So they might have to play, you know, a 40-minute game. And against opponents, you know, against Indiana's, Detroit's, you know, certainly Cleveland on on Wednesday, that might be enough. You know, I I think when you see the Torontos and and certainly when Houston and L.A. come to town, that will not be enough. And and so, yes, yes, this is is not the same team. You know, I, I think at full force, the Magic... Can pick can pick the Rockets or the Lakers are out. You know can can beat them on a on a good day. It would take about a perfect game for this this team to beat either of those teams, and, and certainly not just a perfect day, but a bad game from the Rockets or the Lakers. So Orlando went through their big drought in the third quarter. They scored only 15 points in the quarter, and they were really struggling to get shots. And you could just sense the frustration beginning to build. I mean, at one one timeout, Steve Clifford. Just, you know, was in the ear of the refs trying to get foul calls and trying to get the team back to the line, trying to get easy shots. But really, it was all Orlando. Really, every problem that Orlando faced in this game was all on them. And, and the Pistons ended up winning 103-88. to So, you know, hard to, hard to say in a 15-point game that it's all the losing team. You know, Detroit took advantage of every mistake the Magic made. And, that second, and Detroit did a lot of things defensively to make the Magic's life more difficult. They did a good job trapping. They did a good job walling off the paint. They just did a very good job overall of taking the magic or taking away the magic's kind of bread and butter plays and, and really getting into them. I felt like they were really physical, especially with Evan Fournier, who honestly, if, if I were a coach defending Evan Fournier right now, I would be blitzing every screen. I would be getting into him and making his life uncomfortable because he's playing a role that, you know, isn't the role he should be playing. And isn't the role that the offense is really designed that he's really designed to play, but he's forced to do that because the Magic are missing so many key players. Essentially, you just have to take away Fournier's space, and he'll make mistakes for you, and that is exactly what happened. And overall, Orlando's ball movement was just bad as as the team got struggled more and more to make shots. As the team struggled more and more to get good looks. They started forcing the ball more off the dribble. Um, Steve Clifford kind of said it after the game, you know. Sometimes you just got to pass the ball to pass the ball. You know, you can't just sit there and dribble all the time. You can't just sit there and drive all the time. And, you know, I would say, honestly, like, none of it was bad intentions. Like, Evan Fournier, I know, gets criticized sometimes for searching for his own shot. And that definitely does happen. But I felt like in this game, Fournier was gen- genuinely trying to create something for others. You know, he's. I think he's put a lot of responsibility on himself you know, in, in the stretch, and, and sometimes too much, to be honest. So maybe it is a little bit of selfishness, but I think it, I think it's generally coming from a good place. I think everything is coming from a good place here. It, it's, a lot of guys have to do more because Vucevic and Gordon are out, and so they end up forcing things and going outside of the offense. And that's really what I think we saw. We just saw the team's offense break down. The things that they want to do, the things that they have to do to win, they just didn't do. 
It's just over dribbling, over isolation, um, taking quick shots, you know, not making that extra pass, not, not making the next pass. I mean, there are several possessions that you would watch, and it was like, that's an okay shot, but at that point in the shot clock, work the next set, work the next look, work the next read, get the next shot, kick it back out, run a, run a quick pick and roll on the move. Catch the defense a little bit off guard. Too often, Detroit was just set, walling off the paint, or trapping the corners. And, and the Pistons, again, executed their defense really, really well. I don't want to take too much away from that. Orlando's defense wasn't great either, though. But Detroit's offense wasn't good either, too. You know, Detroit missed a lot of shots. Orlando did a good job, I think, making the initial stop and making kind of the initial play and you know, pick-and-roll coverage was still a little bit of a weakness, I felt like, but not as bad as I thought, I thought it was on the first, first watch. Really, the big issue was when the Magic made that first stop, they didn't get the rebound. They didn't get the second stop. They didn't make the next rotation. And a one-stop defense isn't going to work for this team. I, I, I'm going to, you know, bang this drum forever now. This Magic team has to be a top-10 defensive team if they want to win. They got to play like a top-10 defensive team if they want to win, especially with the absences that they have. And right now, they're not doing it. Right now, they are not playing like that team. You know, Detroit shoots a decent percentage. 40, you know, Detroit only shoots 43% in this game, but they're 14 for 38 from three, and all 14 of those threes seem to come at a big moment. They had nine offensive rebounds, leading to 17 second-chance points. So essentially, every time the Pistons got an offensive rebound, they scored off of it. That's just killer. That's just absolutely killer. And of course, Orlando wasn't able to turn misses into fast break points. He only had seven. And again, fast break points, Orlando struggled to get those. And, and I don't think it quite, I don't think that stat and, and how it's counted quite grabs all the things that the Magic do or how the Magic play with pace. But this team needs easy baskets. This team needs easy shots. And they, they just couldn't get them because they weren't getting stops. They weren't getting clean rebounds. They weren't able to get out on the run. Not consistently, at least. And Detroit gave them plenty of opportunities. 15 turnovers leading to 15 magic points. So, you know, Detroit gave them opportunities. It, it felt like the third quarter, Orlando gave up that lead. And they didn't give up the lead till like three minutes left in the third quarter. But they gave up that lead in, in a 25-15 third quarter. And Detroit only slowly and incrementally built it up. There's you know, a string of maybe two threes that, that brought it back out to eight. And that was about where it stayed the rest of the game. Orlando just couldn't muster a run because, again, their offense was just stuck trying to force things. They weren't able to move the ball. They weren't able to kind of get anyone else going. Like They weren't able to get Terrence Ross off screens. You know, They maybe should have run more through Fultz and let Fournier run off screens or have Fultz attack the basket. I mean, but... Orlando's asking a lot from a lot of guys and, and, and you know, Wednesday or Monday night, they just didn't deliver. You know, the numbers really say it all. The Magic shoot 38.1%. I believe they were under 30%. They were certainly under 30% for the second half. They're 8 for 25 from beyond the arc. They only have 15 assists on 32 field goal makes, which, you know, even with the bad shooting, usually, want, usually you see that Magic assist number up in the 60 percentile you know, the up, up around 60%, so like 32, they probably usually have 21, 22 assists. The fact that they only have 15 assists on 32 field goal makes just, just tells you how bad the ball movement was. Everything was forced, and if you're a team and the Magic have to, and the magic end up scoring, 
you know, like that, without that many assists, that means you've done your job. That means you have forced the Magic uh, to play the style of basketball that you want. Essentially, the Magic took the shots the Pistons wanted them to take. They, they went to the spots on the floor the Pistons wanted them to go, and Orlando just was unable to get their offense moving from there. There's just no flow to the offense. It was, you know, after that first half, it was just very stilted, I would say. Uh, you know, guys would, would get caught in traps and, you know, kick it out wildly and you'd have to completely reset the offense instead of attacking uh, the rotation. So the passes that they did get weren't effective. I think there is a reality that, yes, the Magic offense is going to have moments where it struggles. Um, this, I, I just think that that's the way this team is going to have to play for a little while until they get reinforcements back. And, yeah, I mean, I would even say that when they do have the reinforcements, the offense goes into long droughts anyway, not quite like this. But the Magic have to rely on their defense. And, and I will keep saying this, that yes, the offense was the problem tonight. Yes, the Magic didn't play offense the way that they know they can. And if they did, they probably would have had a chance to win this game. Because at the end of the day, they did play enough good defense to give themselves a chance if they could score. But ultimately, their defense didn't create the opportunities that it needs, that the offense needs to succeed. And so once again, Orlando is left looking for answers. Once again, Orlando is kind of going back to the drawing board, trying to find their way to play again. And trying to salvage just something out of this road trip. This was a game that felt bleak. Um, you know, the Magic do not get beat this badly very often. And honestly, I think 15 is probably more than what the Magic actually got beat by. Um, I think Orlando play. you know, I think this game was a little bit closer than the final score would indicate. Um, it's probably really an eight or nine point game. But the Magic have some big questions to answer because because they're they don't know what they can they can get. They don't know what they can rely on every night anymore, at least until their guys are back to full health. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. We'll talk about some key players in this one. Uh, Evan Fournay, after a string of really nice games, 17 points, 5 for 16 shooting, over 5 from beyond the arc, 7 for 8 from the foul line. Um, you know, I, I, I think we have to really appreciate Evan Fournay here. He is trying really, really hard. Um, and I, I, I just think that, you know, he is taking it upon himself to lead this team. And that is just a role that he probably shouldn't be playing in the NBA. And it's going to be tough to ask him to do that and to win games at a high level. Teams are going to start blitzing him. Teams are going to start being fiscal with him. Teams are going to start working to get the ball out of his hands earlier and earlier and earlier. And honestly, I think the Magic need to make sure that they still include packages and, and plays and sets that get him moving off the ball. Because I think that's honestly where he's still most effective. Um, again, attacking Closing defense, closeout defenses, attacking rotating defenses. I've always said that that is where he is most effective attacking. He's not as effective on the pick and roll, though he's had a very good year running the pick and roll, and, and his playmaking has certainly improved that, that you rely on him to do that. 
this game, his shot just wasn't falling. It was, I, I, I think he's, you know, I would say even when he was playing well with everyone healthy, he still had his games where the shot just didn't fall. And tonight, his shot just didn't fall. He was forcing some shots for sure, and, and he was, you know, trying to get himself going. Um, but, you know, when he was able to get space, he looked like he did Saturday night against Indiana. He was really, really good. Um, that the shots just weren't falling. And again, sometimes it's just make that extra pass. You know, if the shot's not there, don't force it. Make the extra pass. Just make, get, get the ball to the next guy. Force the defense to rotate and, and see if that creates space to either get a shot, get the ball back to you, or to attack and, and then the ball might find you again. So again, I think with Fournier, it's still keeping the mindset of attack and score, but make the right read. And, and I think that that's, that's something that Fournier still, uh, Fournier's gotten better at, but still struggles with at times. Markel Fultz, a really nice game though. 16 points, 7 for 12 shooting, four, uh, three assists, one turnover, three steals. Um, the the Magic are just better with Marco Fultz on the floor. I mean, I, I think that's fairly obvious. I think that's that's not a crazy statement to make to, for anyone. I think that's just the fact. Mar- the Magic are better with Marco Fultz on the floor. Uh, and Orlando has to continue looking for ways to get him the ball and let him create. Um, I will say this. I think Fultz is a little bit more of a line drive guy or, or as far as He's going. He's getting to the basket. Or he's going nowhere. Um, you know, he's not someone that's going to kind of. You know, he he'll stop and do that pull up jumper, but he's not driving to the middle of the lane to kick back out the three point line. He's kind of driving to get all the way to the basket. And so I think that's still a limitation of his to some extent. But the Magic need that. I mean, the Magic just don't have guys. I mean, I, I think that the thing that I the big thing that I noticed as the Magic were stuck and and Steve Clifford noted it too. This team just doesn't have a guy that's going to go out there and create a shot by himself. There's just no one there that's going to bail them out. They don't have like a Damian Lillard type who can just create a shot with five seconds left on the shot clock, and it's a good shot. They don't have that guy, and so far too often they were playing like they had that guy. If the Magic do have someone close to that, it's Marco Fultz because he can get to the basket and and really finish around the rim, and he's so good at kind of getting past his man and beating his man off the dribble, and that that creates a lot of uh, chaos for, for teams, but... Fultz continues to do a good job within the role that he's been given, within the time that he's given. Um, you want to see more of him. I think that's a good thing. You know, again, I, I would argue that that you know the season so far has been a complete success for Marco Fultz. Um, it's clear how important and how good he can be for this team. Um, and and Monday was certainly more evidence of that. Terrence Ross ended up leading the team in scoring with 19 points, seven for 14, shooting three for five from beyond the arc. Most of that coming. In the first half, I think he had 14 in the first half, so only five in the second half. I didn't think Orlando did a good enough job running him off screens, looking for ways to get him involved, especially as they struggled in that third and fourth quarter. The Magic didn't look for the hot hand, and, and you know maybe Ross was cold, and maybe Detroit did a better job kind of contesting those screens. But overall, I think Orlando just didn't keep him involved the way that sh- they should. And some of that is because the passing was so bad, because the ball movement was so bad, that he wasn't really being looked at. He wasn't really getting those opportunities. But overall, you know, the Magic have to keep Ross involved. He is a flamethrower. He's a guy that that could have sparked this team to come back when they were down 10 early in the fourth quarter. And the Magic just could not find him. Um, You know, he was able to keep them close. He had a a three late that, you know, made things a little interesting down eight with about two and a half to go. But again, just couldn't find him enough after a really stellar first half. I mean, I always say that like Aaron Gordon is a good barometer of the offense because if he's shooting efficiently, if he's getting good shots, that means the ball is moving and it's finding him rather than him seeking out his shots. I would argue that right now Terrence Ross is a similar vein. If he is getting shots, if he is uh, you know, getting open looks, if the ball is naturally finding him, then that means the offense is working. That means that, that, guy, that he's moving, he's creating gravity, he's creating shifts in the defense. 
uh, and, and the Magic are finding him the ball and moving the ball to him to get him the shots in his spots. Um, so again, Ross just didn't have that in this game. He just he wasn't that kind of player. Um, we'll talk about Jonathan Isaac here late, uh, in a little bit, but 10 points, 6 rebounds, 4 for 11 shooting, 2 for 3 from beyond the arc, 4 blocks in the game. Um, Isaac just still does incredible things defensively. Uh, you know, I think I think his, he had one block on Blake Griffin where he turned the ball over and recovered, um, but he bit on a pump fake from Blake Griffin, was up in the air, and as Griffin was going up to take advantage of it, Isaac got a second jump in and blocked the shot. It was it was incredible. I, I mean, I, I think that this kid is this kid's going to be a monster defensively. He's still showing some growth in his offensive game, and, and tonight, tonight was a game where he really kind of struggled a little bit to shoot the ball. Um, but he is continuing to expand his offensive game, and, and that's going to continue to make him better over the course of his career. And obviously, I, I still think that he is someone that's developing and, and is, is going to come very, very quickly. We'll talk more about him here in just a minute. Uh, of note as well, Mo Bamba, I thought, had a second straight really nice game. Only six points, only three for eight shooting, 12 rebounds, four offensive rebounds, three blocks on the game. He had one block where he... Seemingly blocked both sides of the rim. Um, there's one block. There's one sequence where uh, he blocked. He did that block on both sides of the rim in a transition play. The Pistons player rebounded it, went up for a shot, and Bamba blocked it again. Um, it, he's play. He was playing with a lot more confidence, which is exactly what you want to see from him. He was uh, moving, moving well within the lane. Was was willing to body up Andre Drummond. I mean, he he had a, Andre Drummond went at him a few times, and and Bamba contested the shot really, really well. So I think that. That Bamba is starting to build some confidence. I think that the focus that he he knew he would need after Nikola Vucevic went down has sharpened him a little bit. And I think you know while his offensive game isn't there yet, um, you know he's not making shots right now, uh, and certainly you can't post him up. And and, and he's a little bit of a turnover. Um, you know he's a little turnover prone when he's got the ball in the high post. Uh, overall, you know I think Bamba's defense is starting to come around. He's showing that understanding defensively. He's showing that comfort and confidence defensively. And obviously when you're blocking shots like that. You're doing something right. Um, I think he displayed some nice passes as well. Um, he had one nice pass where he got doubled and found Markel Fultz for a layup. Um, Bamba had a really nice game. You know, again, maybe lowered expectations, maybe not quite the level that does, that some people want. But after the way he started this season, a really nice game Saturday, a really nice game Monday, a good step forward for Mo Bamba. Again, the Magic shoot 38.1% from the floor, 32 of 84. They're 32% from beyond the arc. Uh, eight offensive rebounds, 41 total rebounds, just 15 assists on 32 field goal makes. They're 16 of 22 from the foul line. So the Magic do get to the foul line a little bit, um, but that number certainly ticked down of late. So Magic have to do a better job getting to the foul line. Seven blocks, eight steals. This team was active defensively, early on especially. That activity decreased in the fourth quarter, in the second half, um, but it was still good enough to let Orlando hang around if they could ever make shots. If Orlando could have made shots in this game, they certainly would have had a chance to win it. Detroit only shoots 43% from the floor, 14 for 38 from beyond the arc, 21 of 25 from the foul line. Again, nine offensive rebounds leading to uh, nine offensive rebounds leading to 17 second chance points. So every time the Magic gave up an offensive rebound, the Pistons essentially scored 23 assists on 34 field goal makes much better ball movement, much better inside out play. Again, much better three point shooting as well. The Pistons were the better team, and they earned the win, 103-88 to at the, at the Little Caesars Arena, almost at the Palace. Um, the Magic are next in action Wednesday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Before we talk about, all, uh, about Jonathan Isaac, 
Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Undoubtedly, the the injuries to Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon have changed a lot of things about the Orlando Magic, but... Steve Clifford, you know, for whatever reason, you certainly can debate it and certainly is, you know, I would certainly say that that rotations and lineup combinations are really, really important to what the Magic are going to try to accomplish now without Nikola Vucevic in the lineup and just kind of staying ready and staying in the race until Vuce comes back. But one thing that I think Clifford has tried really hard to do is to try and maintain some semblance of normalcy. They don't expect Vucevic to be out the entire year. They don't expect Aaron Gordon to be out the entire year. And so I think, you know, with all the training camp and all the preparation that they've done, the Magic don't want to completely change the way they play overnight. And Clifford's someone that likes to have a practice and likes to really work things through practice before they go in the game. So, you know, he's not going to... Any changes to the offense, and again, any changes to the rotation, are probably going to come very slowly. So, instead of, you know, asking Evan Fournier or asking Evan Fournier to do something different, or asking Ken Birch to come in and, you know, be Nikola Vucevic or do something different, really, what it feels like Clifford has asked the Magic to do, at least at this juncture, is do what you do anyway, but maybe more of it. Evan Fournier runs, you run pick and roll, you know, 10% of the time, you're going to run it 15, 20% of the time. You know, you, you have a little more freedom to hunt for your shot. Ken Birch, you're a shot blocker, rebounder. Do that. Do, do more of that as the starter. And, and, and Markel Fultz, you're a, a driver, a, a rim attacker. Do that more. You're going to get more minutes to do that. You go down the list and really watch this team and it and it feels like every player is essentially playing the way that they would play normally but maybe getting a few more looks or, or getting a, a a different challenge or, or not a different challenge but getting a, a few more looks and having to do that with you know higher frequency and intensity to help keep this team alive or to help keep this team afloat the one player that I don't think that's true for, the one player where I think's role has really changed, and he's kind of being pushed out of his comfort zone in, in really intriguing ways, obviously, is Jonathan Isaac. There's no player on the Orlando Magic nationally that has garnered more interest, uh, you know, Marco Fultz has, but has, has garnered more 
kind of excitement and interest than Jonathan Isaac. To me, you know, we'll, we'll hit the quarter mark here of the season pretty, pretty soon. To me, Jonathan Isaac has been the most impactful player on the team. And in fact, you know, we're coming up on the quarter mark of the season. We're 6-10, and 10, so 16 games in. So the quarter mark of the season is going to come here in the next two weeks. I feel pretty certain that I will name Jonathan Isaac the, the MVP of the first quarter of the season. That's how good and how impactful he's been to this team. And undoubtedly, he is the most important player on the team. You know, the, the, the Twitter yahoos who talk about trades or, 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 you know, pitch trade ideas to me and include Jonathan Isaac, I tell them straight out, unless you're giving me LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jonathan Isaac's off the table. That's, that's where he's at. Defensively, he's already there. Defensively, he's, you know, getting four blocks. He's, you know, getting three steals. He's changing the game defensively, but things are different for him, even on that end. Without Aaron Gordon in the lineup, Isaac is getting the primary defensive assignment on players like Blake Griffin. Aaron Gordon would have defended Griffin uh, on a typical night, and Griffin ends up with 17 points on 5-for-9 shooting. You know, not a great game by Griffin's standards, but he was he won the matchup, I think. I think he won the individual matchup. And so, you know, Isaac sat in his locker if you watch the Fox Sports Florida broadcast and mentioned that, yeah, I gotta be better defensively. I, I didn't play defense the way that I know I'm capable of playing defense. And that you know, I, I think that's a real sign of maturity on his part. You know, I think he is a really, really mature kid. Um I, I think that he is still understanding how good he can be. And part of what I think is really interesting and perhaps in some ways fortunate about these injuries is it's forcing Isaac to the front. The Magic have to run plays for Jonathan Isaac. And they're not running very many yet, but they have to run plays for Jonathan Isaac. He is such a vital piece to this team now that they are relying on him for more offense to create his own shot. He's got that dribble pull-up that he's really good at. To make three-pointers. If the Magic are going to win, they need Jonathan Isaac in so many facets, not just defensively as the guy getting the primary defensive call on some of the best players in the league, but offensively too as a shooter, as a scorer. And he's shown hints that he can do this. But now the attention is fully on him. Asking Isaac to create off the dribble. Asking Isaac to put the ball on the floor and do more than just a simple two-dribble pull-up move. It's not something anyone in the NBA has asked him to do. He's essentially been in the background his entire career on offense. And on a typical night, and even when this current team is at full strength, if... He had scored 10 points on 4 for 11 shooting and made two three-pointers with the rebounds and blocks and steals that he had, five stocks in the game. That would have been fine. If, if Isaac had that stat line and Gordon and Vucevic are there, that's probably more than enough impact. But it's not enough today. 
It's not enough what this team has constructed. Taking only 11 shots, frankly. Getting Isaac only 11 shots, frankly. It's not enough. He's got to be willing to be more aggressive, and that's always been the knock on Jonathan Isaac. Coming out of the draft class, coming out of the draft, the criticism of him was he never really took over games. Everyone knew how good he could be, but he always deferred to the veterans, and and it was very easy for him to fade into the background. I remember every game of Jonathan Isaacs that I watched in the draft process, I barely noticed he was out there because he was too often in the background, and Isaac can still score a lot of points without many plays called for him. Let's make that clear, too. That's how good he is. You don't have to call plays for him, and he will find the basket, whether it's in transition or whether it's a spot-up shooter or wherever. But the Magic need him to take that step up, even if it's temporarily. And yeah, consistency is going to be an issue when you're doing something that you're not used to doing, that you maybe didn't quite prepare for. But the Magic are pushing Isaac outside of his comfort zone now. The Magic are pushing him to do a little bit more, to be a little bit more. They have to. They don't have a choice right now. And, you know, Evan Fournier is going to be inconsistent in in his role too as he's asked to do more, as defenses focus more attention on him. But this Magic team is going to sink or swim right now. And whether Jonathan Isaac can step up to the plate. And that's still the big question. We're two games into this, so you know, don't want to read too much into it. And he would admit he had a bad game on, on Monday night, as so many other players did. But as the Magic push Isaac into this role, as the Magic, you know, see what he can do here, it's gonna give them a lot of clues for what Isaac can ultimately be. And ultimately, how the Magic build with him and maybe around him. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.